Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. The uh, Edmonton Oilers are over at Crypto.com Arena practicing right now for their morning skate. Uh, Mike Smith is in the starter's net. Leon Drysettle is on the ice. Um, appears, Gene Principe has just sent a tweet out, appears to be a, a little bit more fluid. He did take the morning skate in San Jose, we should mention on Tuesday, and did not play. Uh, it is currently 1234 in Edmonton. And at this time, we're going to head to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline in four. GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. We welcome back to the show Sportsnet color analyst Louis Debraskin. Louis, how are you doing? Doing well today, Bob. How are you doing? Good. I can I can hear the arena there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so, so. I, I'm in the bowl, my friend. So, all right. Well, let's get to... going on. Can give you some live updates here of. Uh, how does Leon look? He looks good. You know what? He looked good the other day, though, too. I know I heard you when you were coming on here throwing to me and, and talking that he did skate in San Jose the other day. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. But obviously, he's continuing to try it, continuing to push it. No question he's dealing with something. But I honestly don't know if he's going to play tonight or not. My gut is yes. But yeah, I thought he was going to play the other night, too. So I think they're being really cautious with Leon. And he's only going to go if he's really ready to go. Well, does it change who the opponent is? With all due respect to San Jose, I don't want to get Phil upset. He's the I, fear of the fin. I, like they're playing a better team tonight, and it's it's for second I, place. Well, it's a meaningful game, right? Now, don't get me wrong. Every game is meaningful when you're trying to establish a position, maintain a position for Edmonton. But what I mean by that is they're going head to head with Los Angeles right now for valuable points. So yes, it's a it's a it's a bigger game, no question about that. It's a better team. And I think Edmonton knows that if you were going to sit him a game, San Jose was the one. And they pulled out a win in overtime and a beautiful goal by McDavid, assisted by Mike Smith. You and I looked at each other. We're about seven feet apart in that press box in San Jose, and we were laughing after that one because it was pretty incredible how that sequence pan played out. But, um, yes, I do believe that for Leon, if he was going to come back into a game, of course he wants to come back into a game where he knows it's even more important for him to be there. Well, it, it, you know, it's interesting because when he got hurt, it looked like, I can I know for a fact, he caught a rut and stumbled into the boards and it looked like he caught the top of his knee. And I wondered whether or not the the pad, the shin pad came down and didn't protect him there because he, the, the way he, he sort of stumbled forward on the, on the sequence. Because, you know, anyhow, bottom line is he stayed in the game. Finished the game, got his 50th, didn't play the other night. And again, I, I think our both of our guts is he's probably going to, because he is a gutsy guy. He's, he doesn't miss a lot of games, does he, Louie? No, he doesn't. You know, it was a long game. For, what was it, 354? I, yeah. I think was the number that he had, uh, consecutive games played. And you could tell it really bothered him. He did not want to be out from, you know, you know, I'll say it. We got to see him walk up and down the press box a couple of times, and you could just tell he was uncomfortable. It was a place that he didn't want to be. He wanted to be on the ice off of his team. And I do believe there's been a huge step both for, for Leon, for Connor, for Ryan and Hopkins, for Darnell Nurse, for the core players that have been here for a long time. You can, you can see that change, the change in the sense that 
they're bustling it down. They're dialing it in this time of year. And there's there's one thing on their mind and one thing only. And it's a, it's a it, it's really cool to see how they've evolved to listen. They always want to be the best players they can be. They've always wanted to get into playoffs. But I think there's an understanding right now. Hey, we've got a pretty good mix here, and we can do some things. We can definitely be a really really dangerous team. And I think that if you were to ask any opposition to look at Edmonton and say, yeah, this team's very very dangerous. If they get on a roll, they play their game. Look out, they can beat anybody. And I, and I just get the feeling that the players understand that right now. So for Leon to have to sit out a game down the stretch, I think was even more painful for him. But you know what? It is what it is, Bob. These, these are things that happen to every single team in the National Hockey League. You have to deal with them. And yeah. we'll see if he's in tonight. I, like I said, I think he's going to go tonight, but I thought he was going to go the other night too. I really don't know, so I'm not going to take a guess on it. I'm just going to say when he's ready, he'll be in. Well, uh, the moment he wasn't on the early bus, that to me was a sign because he's always on the early bus. Because uh, what was it? Was it Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Uh, what was the line in there? Something is for, I don't know what the line was. Something's for winners. or I, I have a theory, eh? Early bus tells you a lot about guys. All right, Louie. Uh, we got lots of different things to hit on. By the way, uh, one of the things just before, uh, one more thing in the game the other night, the reaction of the players after, because the, the team, it was, uh, you know, they, they cleaned it, uh, Anaheim's clock. And Anna, and, and we're, we're going to get to Anaheim in a second, too. Anaheim, was, uh, I think, uh, is emotionally fractured right now. Ryan Getzlaff is retired. They had the Terry incident, which we will talk about. So the orders walloped Anaheim. They could have won that game 8 or 9-1 if they'd wanted to. Um, different game against San Jose. They didn't have it. The Sharks did a great job in that 1-1-3. L.A. plays more of a 1-3-1, uh, but, the, you know, the short, they didn't have it. But the reaction, you know, shorthanded goal to Ty Louie and then the game-winning goal on the play from Smith and Connor, and the way the players, like, there was, you know what I mean? Like, you can sense that there's, there's, there's you know, a, I think there's a bit of a bonding taking place. This team's had ups and downs all year, and they're starting to gain some traction here, Louie. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's kind of what I was talking about, too. I can see the shift. I can see the shift in this team. And don't get me wrong, it's been there in stretches. But right now, I just think when your core players and your top players are leading by example the way that Connor, Leon, Ryan Nugent Hopkins getting back in on track after playing some games, now feeling back up to par. Darnell Nurse logging the minutes he's logged. And both goaltenders playing pretty well right now. It's... You know, that's kind of what you need to put together at the right time. And then every, the support cast has been amazing this year. I, I look at that. That's the one step up. I mean, Vander Kane stepped in there, giving them a, a top-line left winger, a bona fide sniper. Zach Hyman's just an absolute workhorse every single game. Um, you know, even when he's not putting the puck in the back of the net, you can never really talk negatively about him because he does so many other things. That's the thing. That's His game is bullshit. And there's not too many players in the league that are like that. Marion Hosa was like that, and I compared him to Hosa a few times. Because he played such a complete 200-foot game, you just always knew that eventually he was going to get back on a roll. He was going to start to put the puck in there. He was going to start to produce points. But all those other things that he does just drags people into the fight. And now there's a little bit of internal competition to play in the lineup, which is a good thing to have down the stretch and going into and through the playoffs if you go on a lengthy run. I mean, you're going to need that depth. But, yeah, there's, this is certainly a tight team, Bob, and I think that celebration showed it all. They're finding ways to win games that maybe they shouldn't win. You know, you got to look at that game the other night. The San Jose Sharks came out, and let's face it, they had the better chances. Mike Smith was by far the best goalie on the ice. 
and he gave them a chance to hang around and pull out a victory the way good teams pull out victories. You're patient, you hang on, you bend, you don't break, and you find a way to win it. It wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie to you. You look at that game and you go, wow, they don't want to play that way tonight versus the Los Angeles Kings as far as giving up that many high-quality chances. But I do still think they want to be a patient team, a patient team in the sense of not feeding the transitional play of the opposition, of making sure you're breaking out cleanly, making sure you're aggressively getting on the board set. All these little details that they've worked on all year long to try and build the identity of which they believe they are, it, it's, it's always in motion being built, but at the same time, you can start to see the fruits of that labor now where it protects them in situations where they just don't have it. Let's, they didn't have it together. Um, and maybe it was the emotion coming off the, the game versus Anaheim, 50 goals for Leon for the second time in his career, 100 points, 200 point players. Um, whatever it was, there was certainly a drop-off versus the San Jose Sharks, but I give them credit they found a way. I believe they'll be a much harder team to play against tonight versus L.A. because they understand the importance of this game. Specific to Anaheim and what happened with Troy Terry and Anaheim in Arizona the other night, what was your take on that? We don't need to talk about anything that you know was said by Tyson or anything, and you know Nasher pretty well. But specific to the on ice incident, how did you see that, Louis? I'm going to tell you exactly how I saw it, and that's how I how I broke it down the other night. Was I saw a team that was down five nothing in the game. I saw a guy poke a goalie. It was nothing. It was not an aggressive poke, but it was still a poke. It was poking underneath. Now perception from Jay Beagle's view. All he sees is a stick to wonder, a goaltender into an area where he doesn't have protection. And I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter uh, who it is. You poke the goalie five nothing, and you're going to get a cross check. So he was, I was completely fine with the cross check. He would have taken the two minutes, and he wouldn't have cared. You're down five nothing. You're not coming back in that game. You don't care. There's six minutes left. But then what happened afterwards, Cam Fowler came in, flyby on Jay Beagle. He got held back, though, but he got a little piece of Beagle. So he gets knocked from one area. Now he's on the defensive, and Troy Terry comes in and grabs Jay Beagle. He's the one that initiated contact with Jay Beagle and pulled him out of, well, just kind of bear hugged him or headlocked him. Jay Beagle turned around and then just decided it's go time. Once he auto-shed and decided it was time to go, it didn't really matter who that was that he was dropping the luggage. That was his, I believe, ninth fighting major in pro hockey. This guy's not a guy that runs around looking to fight people and drop people. He's taking some bad beating of himself. So, unfortunately for Troy Terry, I had to think long and hard for the last time that I saw a player get hit like that in a fight and get cut like that in a fight that badly. And I couldn't remember. It was difficult for me to remember. And I know that Kelly Buckberger back in the day took a couple bad cuts um, in my time, but I just don't remember guys getting cut that badly in fights. It was a real bad beat for a young player. But I will say this. When you come into a scrum in the National Hockey League and you grab onto a 15-year pro veteran, you better understand that he might not just think this is traffic cop time. He might think it's drop the gloves and let's go time. I don't think he was trying to lay a beating on Troy Terry. I think he was just trying to let off some frustration on, team on whoever grabbed him. You go back two years ago, three years ago in 2019, 18-19 um, I believe it was, Jay Beagle poked the Anaheim goalie, and Ryan Getzlaff came in and grabbed him. I went back and looked it up, and 
there was some some highlights on it on YouTube. It was the same situation. Now he poked the goal even more aggressively. If he turned around, he was ready for Ryan Getzlaff to come in there and grab him. Now they never ended up fighting because the linesman got in so quickly. They were pounced on that. And this was kind of the argument I made the other day, Bob. And I. I'm going to say it again. I thought there was an opportunity to get in there. I thought there was an opportunity to get in there and break up that fight quicker. Jay Beagle was the only one that dropped the gloves. He was the only one that had his gloves off. So the fact that they were paying attention to anybody else at that time, I don't understand because nobody had their gloves off. But he did. And when he started to throw punches, that should have been 100% the altercation they were concentrating on. And they were close enough. They were close enough to at least try and get in there it's hard, and I'll say this, it's hard when guys are throwing punches, but when it's only one guy throwing the punches, you just come in and you straight jacket them. You just come in and just take it away. But it didn't happen, and I mean, listen, it happened really fast. So I, I, I'm not trying to put blame on the linesman. I'm just saying that's one thing that I'm sure when they look at that tape, they're yes. probably going to have a discussion and say, you know what? We might need to be a little quicker in those situations, and I guarantee you the next time that happens, it most likely w they will get in there a little quicker when it's that lopsided of a fight. But it happens so fast, it, maybe they maybe they saved them that last one or two, which I think are the ones that hurt them anyway. But uh, it was a hockey play. That's why there was no suspension on the play. So a long-winded answer. I had no problem with what happened. I'll tell you this right now, straight up. If that's my kid, if Troy Terry is my son, the first thing that I'm going to say to him is, are you okay? Because you took a bad beat. It took a couple good shots. And, you know, that sucks. And I don't like seeing anybody get those shots. I mean, listen, I like seeing traps, and sometimes it happens. I think he's going to be fine. He's going to be a great player for years, for Terry. But then I would say to Jake, you know, you're going to come into a scrub, and you're going to grab somebody. You better come in hot. You better come in hot and understand that you're not coming in there to a guy that's just standing there doing nothing. He was already enraged a little bit. He had already elevated in his anger level. And you just have to read that as a young player, as a player, any player coming into the league. You have to know who's on the ice and what that guy's doing. And I told the story the other day, Bob, just quickly about Craig McTavish giving me a hat. Um, Daryl Sador pulled me out of a pile, and I kind of just held him off. I didn't really throw any punches, and I just kind of, like, let him kind of take me out of that situation. And, and Matt T was, you know, he said, listen, he goes, if a guy like him grabs you out of the pile, he's made that choice. He's made that choice to grab you. He has a uniform on just like anybody else on that sheet of ice. If he decides that he wants to get involved with you, that's the decision he made. Don't let him off the hook. Do not let him off the hook. And that's the nature of the game. I know the game's changed a lot, but it hasn't changed that much. And I think you still have to understand that this is this is a physical game and a violent game at times. Yes. Well, all right. You hit on a lot of things. Number one, when, if Kelly Buckberger got cut in a fight, he went, I mean, he, he was fighting. He, he was a fighter. He fought above his weight class. Completely different player than Troy Terry. I think you'd agree on that. Like I, we've got a generation yeah, of players yeah, now. What I'm, what I'm, what I'm saying though is, I, I, he, I don't think he could have got beat worse. Like it was the worst possible outcome for Troy Terry. Okay. I don't think he deserved and you did that. See that happen. I'm not saying like, he. Did, I'm not sitting here saying he deserved that. I'm saying right. he could do that a hundred times, and that would be the one time that that happened. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I have no doubt in my mind. But well, you did a great job. Did happen. 
you, you did a great job explaining it. I do think it's a completely different time. I mean, we've had this conversation with the two Brendans that have produced Oilers now over the last decade, and I like Brendan Ulrich is and Brendan Escott are, are not small guys. Like they're you know they're they're both six foot two, two hundred pound. I asked both of them how many scraps they were in growing up, and they're like, well, "What are you talking about?" Because <laughs> you know, Louis, yeah. I'm a little older than you, and I can tell you. And maybe we moved a lot, and maybe I had a big mouth. Uh, but you know, it was not uncommon to have five or six fights a year in school. Like it, that it was, was not uncommon for. It, it was different. It's different, and, and it's much different today. I do think there's a place for, and I'm not going to be a hypocrite here. I think there's a place for skill, and I don't like how games get managed come playoff time, and they don't do enough to protect the stars. This incident was a little different, but it was also very upsetting for a lot of people. Like, a lot of people yep, got yep. really upset by this. Uh, I am with you a little bit with the linesman. I think they could have jumped in. Was there ever a time? I remember you fought Gdynik the one time. Uh, yep. Louis DeBras joining us for GCLD. So, Louis, was well, there ever a time you, you felt you felt like... And by the way, Daryl Sador, you know Brent Severin? Daryl yep. Sador did get on an island once with Brent Severin, and it was bad. Brent Severin beat the living you-know-what out of him. It, and Chevy Brent Severin was, could uh, fight. really strong and really tough. He could, I spot him a couple times. He could throw both hands really well, too. Listen, Sador was game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to sit here. I'm not saying I was in such a bigger... Uh, I'm not trying to say that I was in an upper echelon league of toughness than Daryl Sador, but I was tougher than him. And if I would have taken that fight really seriously, I probably would have wailed on him, too. But, yeah. you know... I just kind of, he took me off guard the way he came in, and I kind of let him off the hook. I did. I, I It was just my nature. I just kind of was like, well, you know what? He's not really a tough guy. Why would I wail on a guy that's not tough? And I just, you know what? I took it to heart. I did take it to heart what Max he said, and I made sure that anytime I was in a scrum from that point forward, if somebody came in and grabbed me that wasn't tough, I let them know that they better let me go really quickly or else it was going to get nasty. Like, it's just don't grab me. Like, I, grab I got bad if you want. But don't grab I got me. Mad at, remember the first battle that oh that eighteen nineteen it was in November of eighteen. Leon started. He kind of got the slew foot in on Kachuk, and Kachuk starts a lot himself. And at one point, Backlund and Kara were, got entangled, and I'm like, Jujar, this is your op-. like. I'm thinking to myself, going, Michael Backlund plays you know plays a bigger game. He plays a you know he he stands up for himself. He's an excellent third line center. I think he was the second line center at that point. I'm thinking, Jujar, this is a free pass for you. Take advantage of the situation. And he didn't, right? Like, and I just I was, you know. But so, and again, I think that you know Jay Beagle when he turned around, like I said, I'm not trying to stick. I don't think Jay Beagle was a. He's a good guy. He's not a bad human being. I think he's played in this game a long time and he's played hard. Here's the thing. When he was enraged there, it didn't matter who it was. Honestly, if it was Fowler that got to him, I think he would have tried doing the same thing. He most likely wouldn't have because Fowler's been around for a while. It could have been anybody else on the ice. It doesn't matter. Troy Terry is 6'2". Six, six, like, he's 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, he's not a little guy. So when you get grabbed by a guy like you, you talked about Gadinyuk or whatever his name was from, from Calgary when he grabbed me, I had no knowledge of what he was as a fighter or a tough guy. So, I, I mean, there was no – I took him very seriously. Because I was like, this guy's big. He could hurt me. I had no idea what he could do or what he couldn't do. And I didn't want to find out the hard way and walk right into a right hand. So that's what you're thinking in a fight. I mean, as much as you're enraged, you're still thinking, 
I better get the first few shots in here because I don't know if this guy's a Golden Glove boxer in his off time, and this guy might put me on my butt. It's it's a fight for a reason. Like you're not in a good good frame of mind. You're you're angry. So listen, I'm not trying to belittle it. I don't think it was designated. I do believe though, and we've talked about this. If the Laurier was still on the team and Josh Manson were still on the team, I can tell you. It may not have happened. It may not have happened. And, and mm-hmm. people will say, well, you're contradicting yourself there because it was spur of the moment. I think Jay Beagle is kind of one of those guys. But I just think that one of those guys would most likely be on the ice. I think that, you know what, you're late in the game 5 nothing, And there probably would have been some chirping going on already. There would have been some, hey, just keep it civil here. Nobody's going to get hurt. We're not going to do anything. We're up 5 nothing." Just play the game, let our stars do what they want, and that's why they have those tough guys. And I think Anaheim's going to rethink that a lot and potentially go back and try and get tougher again in the offseason if you're going to have skilled young players that are learning how to play at this level. We might have an answer, Louie. Uh, I don't know if Minnesota plays Arizona, but if, if they oh, do. They do. They do. I looked it up. I looked it up, yeah. And I'm could, wondering could, if Mr. Deloria wants to yeah. have a little conversation with Jay Beagle. That might still happen. Yeah. yeah, all right. Hey, he played with those young guys, and he felt like he was their protector, right? So there, yeah. there'll definitely be a conversation, no question. Louis, uh, before, so they're getting off the ice there. We got to let. So we'll let you go. Thank you for joining us here in Oilers now, okay, Louis? Sounds good, bud. That's Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. Some of the texters are saying you can't have it both ways. You can't sit. We hate it as fans when the linesmen get in between, and you're saying that linesmen should have gotten in between to protect uh, protect Troy Terry. I personally think that Beagle took some liberties in that situation with Terry. Uh, I mean, Terry's clearly not, and it is a byproduct of having, it's a different generation. Kids don't grow up scrapping today. And, you know, certainly kids in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s did. And so it's just a completely different time. Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBrus brought to you by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Uh, I told you I'd look up some Dave Jackson numbers uh, on, on officiating, and you're going to be stunned with what I'm going to provide you when we come back in orders now. It's 1255 in Edmonton. <laughs> This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.57 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. We'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse, 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. All right, I told you I'd have some playoff numbers for you. Dave Jackson put this out. I This is shocking to me. Remember back in the 0506? playoffs. The Edmonton Oilers went to the Stanley Cup final. In the regular season that year, there was 11.7 power plays per game. In the playoffs, there were 11.6 power plays per game in the 83 playoff games played that year. So basically that meant that teams were getting five and a half to six power plays a game. Last year, in the playoffs, the 2021 playoffs, 5.49 power plays per game combined. So less than half of the power plays. Now, I want you to think about something. There is a stone-cold rule that is called no matter what every time that was not in place back in 05-06. That's an automatic call. Firing the puck over the glass. So if we have more skill today, more skill today than we've ever had before in the league, 
How do we possibly have, instead of 11.6 power plays per game in the Oilers playoff run back in 05-06, how are we possibly at 5.49 power plays per game in the 2021 20, playoffs, of which there was 84 play? It, it's crazy when you think about it. I, I, I don't get it. That's, that's Actually, I'm trying. I'm looking at the math. I guess, okay, that makes sense that there was 84 playoff games. Interesting stuff, nonetheless. That's a precipitous drop, to say the least. It is 12.58 in Edmonton. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Come back for Canadian Power Pack with Kevin Weeks. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad.